Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And if this is the first time you're tuning into I Work For Him, thank you. I, I think you'll experience something on radio, Christian radio for sure, that you've never experienced before. Fast talk, intense talk, and right to the heart. Super big thanks go out to Ace Andrews today. He'll be engineering the show. And But before we get to our guest, just a couple of challenges out there. I had the opportunity today to sit down with a local business leader. And, and what was amazing to me is how hard the enemy is at work within the body of Christ, convincing people that they're not worthy to be strong leaders within the body of Christ. And the enemy just uses our past as baggage. And ladies and gentlemen, my challenge to you is if, if you've got issues in your past, you need to learn to forgive yourself. Your Heavenly Father's already forgiven you. But you need to forgive yourself in order to be able to move forward. There's no way to move forward if you're constantly chained to your past. That's what Jesus came with, the good news. He came to free us from that bondage. And if you're listening to the show today, I just want to remind you, he came to free us from the bondage of sin in our lives and to give us a hope for the future and to give us life that we might live it till its fullest. And if you're not experiencing life that way, you just need to get back on your knees and recommit your life to Christ and allow him to take the lordship throne in your life. Jesus died for you. His blood is powerful that he shed on that cross and the Holy Spirit will come to live within you if you become a Christ follower. And that life is a life worth living. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're not worthy. Because none of us were worthy, yet our Heavenly Father loved us before we were even born. So make sure that you just take a moment. If you don't understand the gospel and you don't understand why Jesus really came and you don't really understand why you are here, email me or Martha, jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com. We'd love to sit down with you, but I'm just challenging you. Jesus is the answer to every question that you're asking. Romans 12, 2 talks about the paradigm shift that has to happen in our minds as we decide to be Christ followers. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Every day on I Work For Him, I try to seek out guests that will challenge the way you and I think about how we connect our faith to our workplace. And several Months ago, a couple of months ago, I was introduced to Cassie Lehman. She was connected to a friend of mine who who's connected to another friend of mine and so on and so on, like the old Breck hair commercials back in the 70s. But she wrote this incredible book, I Found Jesus in the Stock Market, and she sent me a copy and said, Cassie, we got to talk about this on the air. 
Cassandra Lehman. She goes by Cassie. Welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. Well, I'm just excited for people to hear what the Lord has laid on your heart. It's amazing how he grabs each one of us and gives us a place in the body with a specific mission. And you've been given a specific mission, and you wrote a book about it, which is fantastic. I love that. But before we get all to your book on I Found Jesus in the Stock Market, I want to just ask you this question. I've been asked, I, I kind of switched up. I used to ask people, you know, you know, how's Jesus making a difference in your life today? But I got a lot of pat answers, so I've been going very specific. How have you noticed our Heavenly Father get involved in the intimate details of your life recently? I love that question. So a couple of months ago, uh, I was challenged to start a group for Christian businesswomen. You're going to love this. It goes right along with your show. Um, you've probably heard of the Christian Businessmen's Organization, organization CBMC, Correct. but now there's a women's uh, kind of sister organization called CBWC, and so it's Christian businesswomen that get together, and I started a group uh, near my home, and there are about 15 to 20 of us that get together every month to talk about how we are living out our faith at work and to encourage each other and uh, to kind of spread the good news in our workplace. And the thing that's really fun about that, not just um, being able to connect with these women, but, you know, I keep journals and goals and all of those sorts of things. And recently I was going back to some past journals and one of the things I was praying for pretty consistently was for God to bring what I called some Jesus girlfriends into my life. And I really wanted women who I could look to as role models in my faith, in my marriage, in my work. And I looked, I said, this group has really become that for me. It was really an answer to my prayers. So that's been something that is just amazing, and I'm really so grateful for Okay, there are people listening to the show from all over the country, and I know this for a fact, that the C, the CBWC movement, spun off by CBMC, is expanding, because I know that they, they've got a, a, a chapter trying to start here in Tampa Bay, and you're up in Pennsylvania. If you want to give a little plug on how people can find out about it locally there, how do people find out about it? Well, if you just actually go to the uh, website, which is cbwc.biz, B-I-Z, you can find out about all of the groups that have started. And certainly, if it's something that you're interested about starting in your own area, you can get some more information there about how to do that. And it might sound a little daunting, but it's not. It's been the greatest thing that I have, I have done and really finding some other women leaders in my community. Cassie, before we get into the conversation on your book, and I'm pretty sure Martha said that it was your anniversary. Did I get that wrong? No, it's correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Happy anniversary <laughs> to you, Rick. I thought I had it right. I'm like, oh, man, did I blow that deal? All right. No. So happy anniversary. Talk to me about, you've got this amazing testimony on how you came to be a Christ follower. And you wrote it out in your book, which was fantastic, riveting. Kind of share just a short version of that with our audience today. Sure. So, well, first, I did grow up in the church and uh, liked church very much, but really didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. So I really was away from the church for about 20 years when I met my husband, Rick, and we both had our own financial practices, and he told me that he had been doing biblically responsible investing for a number of years. And I just thought, wow, that is a little too churchy for me, and I don't think that's going to work. 
Um, but really, Rick challenged me to just find out more about what that meant. And really, to find that out, I had to start reading the Bible. And I would ask these very challenging questions to Rick, and he would say, you need to take this class or read this book or interview this person. And he put me on this path. I kind of had my own, you know, curriculum in biblical investing, and that forced me to really look at um, God's Word in a way that I never had before. And it really not only changed the way I invest, but it transformed my heart. <coughs> Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I was getting, <coughs> I got choked up. <laughs> Actually, I think I just choked. <coughs> Talk to me about, that wasn't your first career, though. Mm-hmm. You actually started in a different direction. That's true. I started my career as a physical therapist, and I was an athlete in school. I loved sports, and I got some advice. Said, you know what? You should really be a physical therapist. So I did that for a number of years, and I really enjoyed it. And that's where I really learned how to take great care of people. And uh, I was only in that for a few years when I realized I loved being a manager, And I went on to get a degree, a master's degree in adult education, and then supervised other physical therapists. And I ended up uh, actually running organizational development for a whole healthcare system. And uh, so I learned little pieces along the way that really contributed to what I'm doing now in terms of educating and really handholding with clients when I'm taking care of their financial needs. So like you said in your testimony, you had already been introduced to being a certified financial planner before you met Rick. He introduced Mm -hmm. you to the idea of biblically responsible investing. How did the Lord move you from organizational development, from from (laughs) all of that, well, being in the healthcare world, to being a financial planner? I mean, that's a pretty big switch. Right, right. Well, um, they had put me at the hospital. They put me in charge of all the statistics for client, um, the client satisfaction surveys that you get after you go to the hospital. I don't know why they chose me to do that, but I just said, okay, I'll learn that. And they said, you know what, you're pretty good with numbers. Why don't you go get your MBA? And so I love school. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. And then actually what happened when I finished up with school, I realized from our monthly uh, leadership meetings that one of our hospitals was not doing very well. And I decided to just make a change. I mean, it sounds like it was just me. I'm sure it was God-ordained, but I didn't realize that at the time. And so I left and started to be a financial advisor. And six months later, one of those hospitals closed, but they invited me back because everyone knew me as the educator at the hospital. And I helped all of those uh, people, all the employees who were now out of a job, to uh, make good financial decisions with their pension and their retirement money. What a great privilege that was. And it was because of your yeah. integrity and your reputation that gave you that opportunity, which really gave you a huge jump start. As a, I mean, most certified financial planners struggle for multiple years before they really get going and make a decent living. And the Lord really provided you, for you in an amazing way during a time when you were single as well, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, how you meet Rick. Well, why don't you talk about how you met your husband? Because it's really part of your whole story. And it's really part of this whole book that you wrote. I found Jesus in the (laughs) stock market. Well, we met in Chicago at a financial conference 
And what would happen time to time, time to time if they were trying to woo new financial advisors to come to our firm, they would say to me, hey, will you be in charge of this person and show them around and answer their questions? And I, I did that a few times, and they that's what they said about Rick. And so, really, we got to be friends for a long time before we started dating. And that was really important because I got to know him as a person. And then later on, I got to know his whole team, who were all Christ followers at work. And it was those people, and, you know, sometimes you just look at other people and you're just like, I want what they have. And that was my experience. I was at a place in my life where I kind of felt like I was at rock bottom. I'd been through a couple relationships. I was in a tough place. And so I just saw these people who were happy and peaceful. They had great relationships. And so I thought, wow, whatever they have, I want some of that. And that really opened up my mind in terms of biblical investing. Well, and and what you just said there is probably the most powerful statement, maybe one of the most powerful statements you make today, because each one of us listening today has that same opportunity to be Jesus to a person like you were, Cassie. Yep. Because yep. we've we bring our faith to work with us and and people are watching us. They want to see is your faith real or not? Are you just a Christian by name or does it really impact who you are from your the soles of your feet to the hair on your head if you have any left? And it's and it's so well, it's, I always make that comment because of course I'm going bald. But it is it's so important what you said. You just said that those the witness of those people, the actions of those people, really solidified. Hey, I need the, what they got. I need yep. it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. Yep, they were great leaders around that. We're talking today with Cassie Lehman. She wrote this great book, I Found Jesus in the Stock Market. And if you're just tuning in right now, I just wanted to cover her testimony because it's so important in this whole story because she didn't she didn't uh, lead out out of college to be a financial planner. She didn't lead out to be an author or a speaker. But the Lord led her through this and has connected her with a phenomenal husband, and the two of them run this business called Beacon Wealth. And you can find out more online at beaconwealth.com. So, Cassie, the Lord said, I mean, he led you, in, you ended up getting married to Rick. Why did you write the book, though? I mean, you learned about biblical responsible, biblically responsible investing. Why did you write a book? Well, so I'm a part of the C12 group, and I know that you're familiar with that group. And Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm ravenously in favor of C12. <laughs> they are a phenomenal organization and really minister to a lot of fantastic business leaders and owners all over Tampa Bay and around the country. True. Absolutely true. So the founder, uh, Buck Jacobs, uh, in September of last year, did a video segment for us. And so when I say us, I mean all of the members all over the country. And he talked about the fact that our lives have been transformed because of Jesus. And then he just challenged us. And he said, why don't you talk about that more? You should tell your story to other people because your life is so much better. And I just felt like he was talking directly to me. And as much as I will say, I don't think of myself as a writer, I didn't have a great desire to write a book. But over the next couple of weeks, I got signal after signal saying, you got to write this book, you got to write this book. So I just decided I was going to follow God's calling on that. And I really did 
sit down and just write the book out, and it is a combination of my testimony, which we talked a little bit about, and what I learned in my journey about biblically responsible investing. And it's a way for me to share something that I'm so passionate about with other, you know, people who really want to make their money matter in terms of the kinds of businesses they're supporting with their investment dollars. So you're, the book that you wrote, which, by the way, it, it's transparent, which is what makes a book powerful. When you share from your heart first, and then you go into how this topic revolutionized your life, it, it's powerful. People are moved by real. And there's no pretense in your book, which I, I love that. And we're going to give away a copy right after the break. But it, it's I want to tell you, I appreciate it. I read a lot of books from a lot of authors and when you get transparency, it touches lives because they can see how Jesus impacted your life. And they go, well, if Jesus can do that for Cassie, he can do it for me. <laughs> and, and that's encouraging. So why don't, we've got about a minute before we got to go to break. Why don't you just describe dictionary wise what biblically responsible investing is? Sure. So there's really two parts to it. And I think the, the thing that people would think of most often is the kind of companies and business practices that we screen out. So there are some things that we would not invest in. So companies that have to do with abortion or contributions, uh, we call that abortion philanthropy, uh, or pornography, any kind of adult entertainment, any kind of companies that would prey on the addictions of others. So tobacco, gambling, alcohol, those kinds of companies. Uh, at the same time, there's a positive look at this. We are looking to invest in companies that are trying to be a blessing in this world. So when you think of like a Chick-fil-A or a Hobby Lobby, you know you can't invest in them because they're private <laughs> companies. That's right. But there are many companies like that that, you know, take great care of their employees, make good products, take good care of their customers, and they're really trying to make a positive change. Cassie, as we get into your testimony today, I want to give away a copy of the book, but I want to just preface it before we go to our book highlight segment. You made a comment in the very first segment of the show today that if you were going to marry this guy, you better understand what biblically responsible investing was. Right. Kind of explain what the process was, because that's, that's like, well, if I'm going to marry this guy, I better understand what he's doing. <laughs> right, right. A lot of women are going, no, I don't do that. <laughs> but, well, for me... Um, I was I had started my financial career in one of the big firms and it would be a rule and probably still is today that you never talk about religion or politics. So I had a lot of fear about making this change in the way I was investing and talking to my clients about it because I didn't even know if I had any clients who were Christians. I mean, this was not a conversation we had ever had. And so I felt like I really had to understand uh, the basics in terms of why we invest this way. But also, uh, you know, one of the big fears, and you would understand this, is that people think they would have to sacrifice performance to invest this way. And there's been a lot of studies that have been done that show that when you do negative screening and you pull some of these companies out, it really doesn't have any impact on your performance. But I had to understand all of those things. I said I went on a quest to understand biblical investing. And then I had to really turn around and explain that to my clients. And uh, it went much better than I expected. 
Well, don't and... give it all. Don't give it all away now. Don't give it all away because that's what's that's what's incredible about this. You were extraordinarily fearful about this, yeah. And yet the Lord has rewarded your steps. All right, so Cassie, this is a it's a great book because it starts off with your story on why you even wrote the book, and it writes and your story just a the journey that the Lord took you on. But as we talk about biblical responsible investing, does God really care how we invest our money? Well, I think absolutely yes. I mean, we think about our money in terms of like the 10% that we tie, and then we tend to think, okay, well, that other 90% is for me. But really, God, if God owns it all, then we really need to be thinking about what we're doing with all of our money. So when we're looking at the kind of uh, businesses that we're investing in, I think God would care very much about those types of companies. And if we're investing in, you know, pornography, even if we don't know it, uh, that's not something that would really glorify God. But a lot of people will go, well, I don't really know it, but ignorance is bliss. I'm okay as long as I don't know. Well, I don't really think that that is okay. And you need to take some responsibility and find out, you know, when it comes to Judgment Day, your financial advisor is not going to be standing there with you. And uh, you, you, I don't want to answer to God and say, well, I didn't really look into it. I didn't really know about that. Because we want to know. Uh, when we're investors, we're owners. We own those companies. So we should know what we're investing in. Well, and I think that's what's really important about this subject is that it's it's just like anything. When we don't really know about it, we don't know we should be concerned. And and honestly, why the church doesn't talk about this? Because the Bible talks about being a good steward all the time. And this right. is really a stewardship conversation. There's mm-hmm. none of, there are not, hopefully nobody listened to the show today. If the Lord laid on their hearts and gave them $100,000, there's none of them that go out there and would invest in a strip club or a yep. a a bar or or a, a pornography website or an abortion clinic or a tobacco store or or you know whatever that most most of them aren't going to do that but Correct. yet yet a lot of us have those kinds of investments which really you know i i will just tell people listen do i think there's anything wrong with drinking i think most people can handle a glass of wine, but most mm-hmm. people, but there are a lot of people that cannot, and it just, why even bother playing with it? But let's just say you have a glass of wine. I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying don't get drunk, but a lot of these businesses, they promote drunkenness because that's how they make their money. And, and do I have a problem with tobacco? You know, listen, it just destroys your heart, and we're supposed to take care of the temple of the Lord. So do I have a problem with abortion? Absolutely. It takes an innocent life. So we got to be careful. And there are a lot of major organizations, major department stores that are totally in favor of those things that many of you have invested in. Mm-hmm. I won't even shop at those places if I know about it, but it's yeah. not the ignorance thing. It's the be proactive, challenge your investment advisor or your certified financial planner. Hey, where's my money being spent? Mm-hmm. So Cassie, I know that you and Rick have offices in many places around the country. Are you ever looking for more Christ-following certified financial planners and investment advisors to, to join your team to grow and expand and be part of what you're doing at Beacon Wealth? 
Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, we love it when we get new clients who are passionate about this, but when we find financial advisors who are passionate about it and they can impact all of their clients, I mean, this is a huge opportunity. So we have a few people getting ready to come on board with us now, but if this is something that advisors are interested in, we would love to have a conversation with them and help them to invest this way. And they can find you online at beaconwealth.com, beaconwealth.com, or they can just contact me and I can put you directly in touch with Cassie. All right, now Julia just called in from Tampa. She won the book. Way to go, Julia. Thanks for calling into I Work For Him. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hand-deliver the book once you get it sent to you to your certified financial planner or your advi- investment advisor. Unless that's you, make sure you read it from cover to cover before you give it away because then you're going to hold them accountable. Cassie, here's the big thing people are going, how do this just sounds like a lot of work. It just sounds like a lot of work. Is it real? Do I really have to do this? Now that I know about it, do I really have to do this? Okay, so it would be a lot of work if you had to sit down and read those prospectuses for every company. <laughs> you don't expect that you would do that. So there are companies who provide this kind of screening to advisors. So when someone comes to us and says, hey, I wonder what I'm invested in, here are the different mutual funds, we can just plug them in to our software and it gives you a report that says, you know, this percentage, 20% in abortion, 15% in pornography, and we can get an overall score. And I will tell you, uh, a lot of mutual funds are in the 40 to 60% range of being invested in these kinds of companies, well, you which of course you would never way, know. That was a huge number you just threw out there right before a break. 40 to 60% of these mutual funds are invested in non-Christ-centered items, not biblically responsible. 40 to 60%. Cassie, right before the break, you dropped a bombshell on my listeners. And and so I want to make sure we bring it back up again, because what you said was the average mutual fund that you and I are investing in, somewhere between 40 and 60% of the investments are in... uh, negative related investments such as pornography uh, abortion industry tobacco industry alcohol industry those industries preying on the sins and on the weaknesses of people like you and me and what an amazing statistic that is as you look at the challenge out there for you and i now that we know because honestly i could tell you this i've had a lot of financial advisors and wealth advisors and certified financial planners over the last 30 years since Martha and I got married. And this subject never came up in conversation. And so I didn't know that this wasn't something that everybody did. And so as I was reading this book, I'm like, wow. And it's that ignorance is bliss thing. Like, well, as long as I don't know, then it doesn't bother me. But that's not really the conversation that we're having today. You and I, listeners here on I Work For Him, have a responsibility We are stewards of the wealth that the Lord has given us, and what an amazing responsibility that is. And whatever, whether that wealth is a small amount of wealth, maybe you just have, you know, a thousand dollars in your four hundred one k fund, or maybe you've got ten thousand dollars, maybe you got a million. But where is your money being invested? You know, even banks get involved in investments. Where's your bank invested? Where's your bank involved? What kind of organizations do they sponsor? Cassie, as we look at that statistic that you dropped on us right before the show, you said 40 to 60% of mutual funds are 
investing in these things that we don't want to be investing in. How how do people find out about that again, whether they're mutual funds or, or banks or places where they shop? How do they find out how the places where they're investing their hard-earned cash, how they're investing the money? So I would have them start out with talking to their financial advisor about it. And if their advisor has this kind of screening software, they can have their portfolio screened. And if their advisor does not have that, they can go to beaconwealth.com and send us an email, and we'd be happy to provide that for them. So it is true, the most popular mutual mutual funds, they are really typically in the 40 to 60% range in terms of things that we probably don't really want to be investing in. It's a, it's a big number. And, and I know that, you know, sometimes there's, there are certain organizations that will highlight businesses and some of their negative business practices. And, and American Family Association is one of those ones that will tell you that. But the mutual fund world, you get to know a mutual fund. And, and this is where the frustration comes. And a lot of people listening are like, well, mutual funds, sometimes they have hundreds or thousands of investments. Mm-hmm. And, and like, how do you parse through them all? Because even the prospectuses don't, don't say everything they're investing in because those investments can change from day to day. How do you, it, it, so let's, let's move away from the negative. And I don't want to get caught on the negative thing, but it's frustrating because a lot of it can be hidden in the weeds, can it? Yeah, absolutely. Because things are so complex these days. It's not like investing in the drugstore down the street. It's companies that are invested in many business practices. It's hard for just any of us uh, individually to know what companies are what their business practices are. So you and Rick and all of your consultants at Beacon Wealth Consultants, you guys, you guys are biblical. You're, you're practicing this every day, biblically responsible investing. How do you guys do it? How do you screen through that stuff to make sure your stuff is being invest, invested the, according to those principles? Okay, so there's two things that we do. One, all of the money managers and the funds that we invest in are all with people that are like-minded. So our money managers already know what our mindset is. They are in alignment with us, and that's how they do their investing. On top of that, we subscribe to research that tells us about the companies that we don't want to invest in, and we update that every quarter. So just in case something snuck in there that we didn't agree with, it would automatically block it from getting invested in our clients' accounts. Wow, cool. Okay, so then the question people are going, okay, well, if my advisor is probably not doing this, how do I find an advisor that will? And in your book, you really address this very, very well, because the people listening today may have an advisor actually doing a good job for them. In other words, they're paying, they're, they're staying in connection. They're doing good communication. They actually, uh, there's interaction. There are a lot of advisors out there that are lazy, just like in a lot of other, uh, uh, business practices around the country, you know, whether they're, that doesn't matter. But what matters is you don't necessarily have to lose your investment advisor in order to bring this up. You can actually, bring up biblical responsible investing to your advisor and say, Hey, this is, do do well, why don't you, t- you can ask them if they do this, right? Right. And you know, in fairness to the advisors, just like any other business, you provide usually what your clients ask for. And so if this is not something you've ever asked for before, your advisor might not be thinking about it. 
But if you have a great advisor, they're going to want to do what uh, will make you happy. And so, you know, I would encourage people to read the book. It's a short read. It's a fast read. And that's on purpose because sometimes we glaze over with too much financial information. But then, you know, hand it off to your advisor, much like you said, Jim, and then you can start to have the conversation and you can share with them how important this is. And then they can start to have the conversation with their other clients also. It's a fantastic idea. And we don't need to give up on our advisors. And maybe you're already working with a Christian advisor. They just may not even have ever heard of this before. Cassie, we got a caller. I lost, that, I lost it. Is it we, got, we got a caller that wants to ask you a question. Are you okay with asking a question? He's a guy that you actually know. We've got Ross Harrop with C12 Tampa Bay on the line. He wants to say hi to Cassie. Ross Harrop, he's the one that connected me to you, Cassie, and he, he decided he wanted to call into the show today and ask you a question and just talk about what an incredible person you are. Go ahead, Ross. <laughs> well, that's exactly, Jim. You haven't met Cassie in person. I've heard her speak, and she is the real deal. And uh, she got me excited about this topic uh, when I heard her speak and when I met her and her husband and uh, so I just wanted to encourage your listening audience uh, to, to really tie into this book and uh, to really consider the, the topics that, uh, that Cassie is sharing here. It's pretty powerful, Ross, and, and I appreciate the connection as always. Cassie, you know that Ross and I have a very deep connection at C12 because I, I, wanted, what Ross, I wanted Ross's job. But the Lord told me I had to tell Ross about the job so that he got to be the local C12 chair and not me. But God had obviously something big, different in mind for the two of us. We work partner hand-in-hand hand all the time. Cassie, you're involved in C12 up in Pennsylvania, correct? Correct. And how has your involvement in C12 impacted your life? It is amazing because I have this roundtable of people who have invested in my life, who care about what's happening. Of course, now they all understand about biblically responsible investing. So they help us, you know, to promote that idea. But uh, interestingly, I had something come up last week. And even though I thought I knew the right direction, I took it to my group, ran it by them, got their feedback. And then after that, I thought, you know, I have a lot of peace about this uh, decision that I've made. And that, you just can't put a price on that. To have people who uh, love you and will help you to make great decisions and make God-honoring decisions. And, and Ross, that's really what C12 is all about, isn't it? It, it really is. And, and, and what I love about Cassie and not only what she gets out of the group, but what she contributes to the group. And I know her chair. And so it's... Uh, it's a, it's a wonderful way to be sure about your role in marketplace ministry because, as Jim, you and I have talked about, Cassie lives it, is that God owns her company, and she then is the steward of that company. And uh, with that responsibility, uh, you want to make sure that you have good, solid counsel, and uh, that's what Cassie was just alluding to is she just wanted to get that the security of that uh, the decision that she was uh, she was making and we do that locally here as well and we talk about it once a month on the radio Cassie this wasn't a ploy to get you to, to say great <laughs> things about C12 it's really I want to just 
the audience to know that that you are the real deal. And uh, when I turned on the radio, as I do many afternoons listening to Jim, and and all of a sudden I, I wait a minute, I know who this is, and uh, <laughs> and you are is. As enthusiastic in person and uh, as a speaker as you are uh, in reading the book, and uh, it just your testimony is powerful. Well, thank, oh, you, thank Ross. you, Ross. Thanks, Ross, for calling in. That's Ross Harrop with C12TampaBay.com. All right, so Cassie, if if let's say the the listener goes to their advisor and they say, "I'm not interested in biblically responsible investing," how do does someone find a biblically responsible advisor? Okay, so I am the leader of the Biblically Responsible Investing Group of Kingdom Advisors. That's another group that you're very familiar with. So Kingdom Advisors is a group of Christian financial advisors. And so based on your area in the country, uh, the, you know, the kind of advisor that you're looking for, I probably can find somebody for you uh, just but through my connections from leading the Biblically Responsible Investing Group. Kingdom Advisor. So if you send me an email and uh, let me know where you are, we can talk about finding somebody who's a great fit. Cassie, as we're running out of time, but I really want to answer this question for the advisors that are listening today. How, it, it, how did they introduce this? If they, if they connect up and they're willing to pursue biblically responsible investing in their firm, how do they introduce this concept to their clients if they aren't Christians? There's one easy question when you're first getting to know your clients that we ask everyone, and that is, are there any companies or business practices that you would prefer not to invest in? And people will either say yes, and they'll give you a list, or they'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. And it gives you an opportunity to talk about the fact that you're an owner and there may be certain business practices and things that you don't want to invest in. And typically people will say, well, no, I don't want to invest in those things. And it gives you an opportunity to really open up that conversation and find out what's on the heart of your clients. When you've had these conversations with your clients at Beacon Wealth, have you ever had anybody storm out of the room and go, I don't want to deal with you. I don't care about that stuff. Never had anybody storm out of the room. I have had people say, that doesn't matter to me. And I will say, well, it matters to us. So if you want to work with us, this is the way that we're going to do it. And typically they go right ahead. They say, okay, I'm going to trust what you're choosing and I'll go ahead with it. So when you merged your practice with Rick's practice and you did a double merger, you merged your practices and then you got married, that's really a double merger. How many of your existing clients who weren't familiar with biblically responsible investing, how many clients did you lose when you said you were going to convert their portfolios to that model? Two. (laughs) Only two. And, you know, it's not for everybody. So I don't want to say that it is, but I have clients of many different faiths. I think this is something many people can get on board with. But, uh, you know, you when you're talking about investing in great companies, many people want to be a part of that. But it's not for everybody. Well, and here's the cool part. All the other religions, many of them recognize the Bible as an authoritative piece. They they don't downplay. They may not recognize Jesus as Savior and Lord, but they recognize the Bible as a Mm -hmm. powerful literary piece for sure. So, Cassie, as we close out the show, what's one thing you want people to know about Beacon Wealth? I would say that you you can make your money matter. And I really want people to be thinking about 
the kind of business practices that they're promoting. I say it's like praying with your dollars for that company to do more of what they're already doing. So at Beacon Wealth, we only do biblically responsible investing, and we really try to help uh, educate people to know about the kind of companies that they're helping to uh, grow and flourish. That's fantastic. Cassandra Lehman. We've been calling her Cassie today. Thank you so much for being on iWork for him today. We just pray God's blessings on Beacon Wealth and your marriage to Rick. Thanks so much for taking time to share how I found Jesus in the stock market. Thanks so much, Cassie. Thanks, Jim. As we come to the end of another iWork for him show today, I really hope today you were challenged. This is something two months ago I had never even heard of before, and and now I understand my responsibility as a Christ follower. It's changed how I look at my investment portfolio, how I should look at my investments. I challenge you to go out there and get a copy of this book, I Found Jesus in the Stock Market, and start challenging your own investment advisor to do the same. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. I work for him.